calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Singularity by Bill DeSmet. Copyright 2004 by William H. DeSmet. All rights reserved. Chapter 30 Midnight to Dawn. The humid exhalations of the earth enveloped the little landing strip in a fine ground hugging night mist. The Wilkes County Airport Tower poked up through it like the last spire of a drowned city. Overhead, though, the sky was clear and filled with stars. From the foot of the Lear's boarding ramp, Mariana watched John roll up in the rental car he'd reserved via the Wilkesboro Avis website, a late-model white Corvette. This was all they had left on the lot, he said. Uh-huh. She flashed a grin to show he wasn't fooling anybody boys and their toys. She stowed the carry-on she'd somehow hung on to ever since JFK, then settled into the passenger seat. How long a drive is it to this weathertop place? Couple hours. But there's no point in going there tonight. We can't get in. Mycroft won't lower the drawbridge till 10.30 tomorrow morning, end of civilization notwithstanding. That's right. He'd warned her about his friend's weird work habits, at least John had managed to email this Mycroft person enough material to get him started before Weathertop's self-imposed communications lockdown went into effect at 10 p.m. The night shouldn't be a total waste. The rent-a-car website had hot links to local restaurants and hotels, John was saying. I found us an overnight a few miles up the road. A little B&B. Looked nice. Maybe the night wouldn't be a waste at all. It was midnight by the time they rolled into the sleepy North Carolina hamlet of Miller's Creek. The live oaks lining the town's main street breathed a night breeze cool and heavy with the promise of rain. Across a rivulet barely visible in the starlight, the village clock tower told the hour. The Catawba Inn was easy to find, the only building in town with its porch light still on and its sidewalk not yet rolled up for the night. The desk clerk whom they'd evidently kept up hours past his bedtime, yawned and asked, One room or two? One, Mariana put in quickly, rather than give John the chance to say the wrong thing. They lay nestled together like spoons in a drawer. Hmm, that was nice, Mariana said. A whole other side of consulting practice I'd never realized existed. Archon is, after all, a full-service agency. 
Knox murmured in her ear, regretting the facile comeback even as he said it. I don't know how to deal with this, he realized. For me, there may be no way to deal with this. He ran his fingers through her hair. We are the same breed of cat, you and I. We live by our words, build worlds out of our words, distance and defend ourselves with our words until our words are all there is to us. How good it would be for once to let go all the words, the insulating, isolating words, and just be. His right hand cupped one small, perfect breast, its nipple still erect from her orgasm. She snuggled back against him, turning her face for a kiss. With the fingers of his left hand he sought the core of her. John, she whispered as he entered her again, I won't talk any more if you don't. In her line of work, Mariana only ever seemed to meet two types of men. Two types of prospective bedmates, anyway. Type 1 felt intimidated by her. Sometimes they tried to hide it, sometimes not. It was worse when they tried. Type 2 fancied themselves to be in some kind of macho competition with her. That at least had its amusing side. A relationship with either type was a recipe for disaster, pure and simple. She knew. She'd tried. John didn't seem to fit into either category. He wasn't afraid of her, and he didn't try to dominate her. Much. He just had his own thing going. Maybe all consultants were like this? But no, she suspected that even in his chosen profession, John broke the mold. She looked down to where he was nuzzling her breast, his head cradled in her arms. He didn't mind that she was so small on top. On the contrary, he seemed enchanted by what he called her bite-sized breasts. Enchanted, she thought dreamily, by all of her. John, I don't care if I ever sleep again. Let's just play all night long, okay? She moaned as he teased her nipple with his teeth and tongue. She stroked his hair. Could it be that she was falling in... Oops, let's not go there. Don't even think the L word, Mariana. Jonathan Knox drifted in a mixed state between sleep and wakefulness. It was here, on the borderlands of oblivion, that his old demons, puissant and menacing, were wont to prowl, ever ready to transform dream into nightmare. Not tonight. Tonight he felt utterly at peace suffused with peace, adrift, floating on the gentle tides of night. He envisioned the little town out beyond the open window, its houses dark, their roofs rhymed with starlight, outlined against the dark backdrop of the sheltering hills. He smelled the freshness of the air, pregnant with rain, laden with ozone from the coming storm. The Perseids weren't due till next week, but he imagined he saw twin meteors inscribe lines of fire across the starry summer sky. Without perceptible transition, his perspective altered. Now he was looking down, as from a great height, on the villages and isolated farms dotting the hills hereabouts, scattered lights of human habitation glowing like candles in the dark. Off to the east, the luminous spiderweb of the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill metroplex glimmered on the horizon. 
Then it was as if the earth plummeted away beneath him. Vertiginous as it was, he felt no fear, only exhilaration. Far, far below now, the eastern seaboard was embroidered with dim radiance where its coastal cities met the night sea in a weave of lights emblematic of the interconnectedness of all things. And now he could see the arc of the world itself, the curve of the world, the whole of the world, infinitely beautiful, infinitely precious, infinitely fragile if what he suspected were in the least way true. The sun was just peeking around the eastern rim of the dark planet. He watched as sunlight sped across the breadth of the Atlantic, igniting the vast, slow pinwheels of summer storm systems in transient blazes of glory, watched as the sun emerged full and warm from behind the limb of the earth, and shone its beams through the window of an inn in Miller's Creek, North Carolina. Knox opened one eye. The clock on the nightstand read 6.13. Mariana was awake and sitting up, though he wasn't sure why. Their audience with Mycroft wasn't on for hours yet. Maybe she's a morning person. That was going to take getting used to. A single shaft of sunlight angled across the bed, traveled up the taut planes of Mariana's naked back, and turned the fine, downy hairs on one superbly toned shoulder all to gold. It's good to be a mammal, Knox thought in drowsy appreciation. Then she turned and reminded him how really good it could be to be a mammal. Mariana stood and stretched unselfconsciously. Knox watched through half-closed eyelids as she began an aerobic routine. She made it look like a form of erotic ballet. By morning light, her areole were the pale, velvety auburn of young rose petals, the V of her pubic tuft shone jet black against her tawny, tight-muscled abdomen. A sheen of sweat bathed her torso. A man could get used to this. Just then she segued into a lethal-looking kickboxing sequence. Well, most of it anyway. Mariana was midway through her cool-down series when a voice from behind her said, Good morning. She lowered her arms and turned to see John still lying in bed, propped up on one elbow. How does he manage to get better looking every time I look at him? Good morning yourself. If I'd known you were awake, I'd have made you join me. Considering how little she'd seen him exercise, he looked to be in pretty good shape. He'd certainly managed to keep up with her last night. Actually, I had something like that in mind, he said, smiling. The tented topography of the bedsheet draping his torso left little doubt as to what that something was. Mariana glanced at the clock. The meeting with Mycroft was hours away, plenty of time. She walked slowly, very slowly back over to where he lay. She was still hot and slick with sweat from her workout. This might be very nice. It's exercise too, he said, reaching up for her. listening to Singularity by Bill DeSmet.